Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and Happy New Year. Welcome to Wrong Think Radio. I'm your host, Aaron, broadcasting from just outside the nation's capital in beautiful Northern Virginia. I'm Alan, coming to you from the lovely and overcast and surprisingly snowy greater Seattle metropolitan area. And this is Wrong Think Radio. This is our two-hour live program that we put on every single week, except for certain holidays, to bring you guys our facts and analysis of what's going on in the world, what's happening in media, what's happening in culture, why you need to be concerned about it, and also where the media is absolutely lying because, God, they just do it all the time. And obviously we took a week off because of travel and holidays and things like that, so there's a lot of stuff that we have to cover to kind of catch up a bit. Um, but it's actually, like, it, it, sometimes it's a bad thing, but sometimes it's also a good thing because we're able to kind of get more information when it comes to different stuff. But it has been a very weird couple of weeks for so many different reasons, but I think the primary one that we should start with and the things that we should focus on, I think we're going to primarily look at uh, as Omicron. Omicron was a very weird happening, and I think that it has broken people. Uh, And by that, I mean, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we even talked about it here on the program, that everyone was freaking out over Omicron. We were all going to die, which, so I guess that's part of it, too. Um, We're, in fact, not dead. And so feel free to chime in on our live chat uh, at Spreaker.com to let us know that you also are not dead because we're all supposed to be dead. Yeah. So that's number one. Everyone is supposed to be dead right now because of Omicron. Am I incorrect in that? Was that kind of like the, oh God, like it was once again, hospitals were going to be overwhelmed. Oh yeah. has still yet to have actually happened. Oh, right there. And that, and from the entire administration, the entire bureaucratic administrative class, these, all these experts we're supposed to listen to that are making policies for the rest of us were all gnashing their teeth and pulling out their hair because, oh, God, Omicron's coming. Oh, Omicron. When there was zero data from the very beginning that Omicron was ever anything to worry about, we knew it from the get-go. The doctor who discovered it was immediately telling people, hey, this is the mildest form of COVID we've ever seen. It is literally just the common cold. Mm -hmm. No one's going to die from this. And yet our entire managerial class, I assume, refused to listen to all of the experts they should be talking to and freaked out about it as a way to try and scare the population into giving up more of their civil liberties. So now, you know, we're, we're, we're heading into a new year. It's 2022. Um, we did see a push uh, for a little bit where it seemed like there was a fear of like, oh, God, are lockdowns going to happen again? Are schools going to go remote again? Now, I haven't seen a lot of indicate. I think in some areas, uh, you know, forgive me for not having this right in front of me, but I think like New York is thinking about going to remote learning in the beginning because of stating Omicron is the reason. Lame. But there's once again nothing to back any of this up. All of the all of the um things that I'm seeing, people who are catching this, people who are getting sick right now are all reporting it as a mild cold. And by the way, I mean, the problem is is that every a-hole 
on the internet right now will say, well, this is anecdotal evidence, even though it's like thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people reporting this. Same symptoms regardless of vaccination status. That is the thing I've noticed by thousands, not anecdotal evidence, not one guy, thousands and thousands of people across the internet reporting either vaccinated and getting it, either unvaccinated and getting it, or all reporting it as basically a flu. Yeah. Now, this freaks people out because the common thing is, oh, thank God I'm vaccinated because that makes it mild. Except there's no proof of that. Mm-hmm. Which reminds me, was the Delta variant actually milder than, I don't know, COVID alpha or whatever the hell they call it? There, honestly, at this point, there's no way we can really tell. What data are we going to look at that we can feel any sort of confidence in? I think it's it's it is increasingly on a day-to-day basis being revealed that there have been such massive failings in the medical establishment, the the government establishment, massive failings and this enormous push amongst the people we're supposed to trust to manipulate the data, manipulate the (laughs) narrative, and manipulate all of this to create the perception that COVID is much, 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 much worse and scarier than the reality of it. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that means I, we now have to look at all data, all the numbers about COVID with a jaundiced eye because it is it has been proven that they lied and intentionally manipulated data on some things. And now I we have to wonder about how pervasive that was for all the data about coming out about coronavirus. It seems like there was across the board from local from local newspapers up to the CDC and giant media networks and the White House. There was an intentional effort to manipulate the numbers and data about coronavirus to create a false narrative about its dangers, about the worries. We know that that was happening from the lowest level to the highest level, and we now are in a position where it is very difficult to point to any set of data and say, oh, we totally believe this. This is totally true. That's unfortunate, but when we look at the Delta variant, some people will say, oh, it's it's so much worse. And maybe it is, but I almost can't believe any of this wholesale because I've been lied to so much. So I'm just going on, I don't see dead bodies piling up in the streets. I know a lot of people and none of them have died from COVID and I therefore can't really be all that concerned. Well, it's an interesting thing that you bring up because this is actually going to be, there's a couple of things that like really need to be focused on here. And one of those is this is like the credibility of a lot of these organizations, uh, experts, as they say, They've absolutely been brought into question. It is, um, regardless of your feelings about information when it comes to vaccines, regardless of your feelings on information when it comes to coronavirus, I think it is undeniable that so many of these supposed experts um, have absolutely been 
have, have destroyed their credibility. There's no reason to trust them. I don't think that that's honestly debatable anymore. Um, and what I mean by that is like, okay, like, there's obviously been a lot of heated debates when it comes to coronavirus and solutions, and all this other stuff. We've all seen it. We all lived it for the last two years, right? But yeah. I don't think that there's any room for debate anymore where when, especially primarily on the right, um, the argument has been that the CDC and political leadership and everything is kind of is full of shit. Like they're they're making things up. They're constantly moving the goalposts. They're constantly changing their minds. This was a this was a common refrain that we heard from the right that was also consistently getting bashed from the left. And that's something that we we kind of have to acknowledge um, heading into what appears to be. A, a change in perception when it comes to all this coronavirus nonsense. And, and by that, what I mean is um, it would appear that the left is now trying to turn the corner on COVID, but they're doing it in such a way that they're trying to rewrite history as if yeah. they weren't psychotic about it the entire time to, to give you an mm -hmm. idea the argument seems to be, well, at the time, we were being told that it was super scary and it's not so super scary anymore. So everything's okay. We never lied to you, though. Yeah. Like that, that's the, that's the new, the new narrative is we never lied to you. We shared with you the evidence. How could we have known? How could anyone have known? That seems to be the stance. But the problem is. Like you brought this up over a year ago. Well, actually almost two years ago. Now you brought it up that with more information, this has been kind of your, your constant refrain throughout this entire situation has been with more information applied, the opinion can change, but you weren't mm -hmm. seeing the opinion change. That, that, that was the primary thing that always frustrated you and made you very skeptical was you gave a hundred percent an out to the CDC, the WHO, Dr. Fauci, all of these people, you gave them an out early on during the pandemic where you said when more data is collected, they could change their position. Right. That was your statement. And that was a perfectly reasonable statement. But then, you know, we go a little further or, or you take a look at it now and it wasn't that they just changed their position because they got more data. It was, there were people the entire time that were stating things. And I'm going to go through a little bit of a list here. The entire time during this pandemic, there were absolutely people on the right that were stating how wrong some of this stuff was, how these things were not working, how these things were not true. And at that same time, all of these experts, all of these media figures and everybody else who want to shrug their shoulders and say, how could we have known? We're saying that's disinformation. That's misinformation. You're a liar. You're bad. You should be banned. You should be canceled. You should be censored because you're spreading misinformation. But it turns out it wasn't. Yeah. It was right. It was right the entire time. And yeah. so they don't. That's the see. This is the problem here. The media doesn't get to go. Well, how could we have known? Because the entire time people that were correct you were saying we're lying and not just lying. That's one thing. 
You were literally saying that they were dangerous, that they were threats to public health, that they were killing grandma. Because guess what the CDC came out with recently? Mm, What'd they come out with? Number one, masks don't work. Oh, womp womp. In March of 2020, the nation went into lockdowns. There were mask mandates. Your children were sitting at school remotely. And then when they went back to school, they've been wearing masks all day. Every service employee in the United States for the last two years has had to wear a mask over their face. Every time you went into a store, depending on where you lived, you would have to wear a mask until they started lightening up those things. Some states did. Some did not. You had to wear a mask consistently people like us other people in alternative media have brought up how ludicrous mask mandates were not just like not just the efficacy of masks but also just how silly it is that it's like oh i can't catch covid if i'm sitting at a table yeah but i have to wear it walking to like right we all pointed out just the absurdity of these rules well now the cdc goes yeah cloth masks aren't actually effective they, yeah. They've 100% come out with that now. And the media wants to go, well, how could we have known? But they <laughs> We accused, knew the whole time. Yeah, but, but people did know. A lot of people knew. People that you called dangerous, people that you called liars, people that you demanded got canceled or censored or whatever. Yeah. And, and two years ago, we knew these things. Yeah. Two years ago. We knew that we knew that the masks would did, weren't work. We knew it was silly. We knew that we knew that the the waiting periods. Oh, well, we all have to wait ten days or fourteen days. We knew that was silly two years ago. Mm-hmm. And when I say we, it's I was seeing data. I was seeing people citing all sorts of. Scientific articles, these things like, hey, someone tested masks once and found they don't really do what we are being told they're supposed to do. This is all silly. It's the same with washing your hands. We've now told, oh, it doesn't really live on surfaces. Think of the hysteric push to use hand sanitizer on everything. We knew that was wrong two years ago, and only now everything's catching up. It's the same as the CDC also basically saying, oh, we can't trust the PCR test because it has a too high of a false positive rate. Well, guess what? That was being shared two years ago, saying, hey, this PCR test basically only looks at if you have if you have any virus. It doesn't necessarily look at specifically this one. But then every we use that. We use that as a metric for COVID for the last two years, even though if anyone was responsible two years ago, we never would have used the PCR test. We never would have allowed the hysteria around masks around hand sanitizer none of that ever would have happened if the people in charge were responsible but they were irresponsible but at best they were irresponsible and did not actually critically look at the information and data and worse they were actively malicious and let it go even though they knew it was wrong if i a random layperson, was seeing two years ago information that seemed highly credible about 
the PCR test having a too high of a false positive rate, about the virus not living on surfaces, about the mass not being valuable, then why did all of these experts who had access to way more information and data than I did, who could have, who had legions of staff to go out and research these things, why did they not catch it when I, a random layperson with a Twitter account, did? Mm -hmm. The only answer you can come up with is they were either criminally negligent or malicious. Well, and that's that's the fascinating aspect of this is, you know, uh, you and I have been talking about it um, quite a bit. But there's the uh, there's a guy um, named Scott Adams, the guy who does the, the Dilbert comics. But he's also become uh, sort of a, a voice and commentator uh, primarily patroned by people on the right because he was like a big fan of Trump and, um, you know, he had his own, he has his own podcast and, and things like that. He even helped stand up um, a, a, a social media site called Locals. Um, he's having a weird time. <laughs> and and I, I think that this is a good thing to note because it's it's one of the problems that you run into with um, some of these other commentators that are more obsessive with, quote, good arguments, as they call them, as opposed to, say, like, our approach on this program. And I'm not trying to punch up. I think that that's a little silly. But what I'm going to explain here is our approach to this program is using common sense, right? The whole tagline of this program is the intersection of common sense and facts, right? And, and that the reason why is because one of the things that's considerably lacking even in in the conservative movement primarily um, which is what we talk about a lot is just common sense just common sense everybody's obsessive with wanting to sound like um you know sound like the smartest person in the room as opposed to just using common sense um well scott adams is having like an absolute breakdown on social media because people are calling out that he was so obsessed with like the experts. Yeah. Meaning that primarily like the long story short, I don't know exactly where it absolutely started, but where I noticed it was he very similarly to what I saw from the left wing media, which is what made me suspicious was like, well, how could we have known that the experts would have been wrong? And yeah. this upset a lot of people that follow him because they're like, dude, we've been screaming about this for two years. Like Alan just pointed out, like anyone who's been listening to this program knows we've been pointing this stuff out for two years. And so a lot of people were like, how could you have not known? How can you pretend to that's I guess that's the offensive part. How can you pretend to be ignorant of these other arguments when they have been in your face for two years? Yeah. And you can't pretend like you didn't know about them because everybody was raging about how we were all the worst people on the planet for saying yeah. things like masks don't work mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that. But I'm watching this guy who's supposed to be like basically a right wing commentator having basically a breakdown on Twitter and the the aside from us making fun of him and looking at all this different stuff at best, the at best summation that we can come up with is this was a dude who was so obsessed with making the 
educated, assessed argument. And so he sat down, probably, spending all of this time combing through CDC data, combing through statements from the Department of Health, going through the World Health Organization, you know, Dr. So-and-so's studies, all of these things, compiling all of this information and then making statements like, well, I can't find any good information that says that masks are bad. Everything that I'm seeing says that they work, maybe not to the efficacy that, you know, some people in the media are stating, but all of these doctors and experts say that they work. And then he had a bunch of normies, a bunch of gross Americans in flyover country that were just going, yeah, I don't think that they work. And he's like, well, but but you don't have any data. You don't have any studies. Where's your expert? And they go, it just doesn't make any sense. It's a piece of cloth. How the hell would that protect against? That doesn't make any sense. Because to be fair, my evaluation of it was if a cloth mask could work, a reusable cloth mask, hospitals would not spend the money to purchase surgical masks that get thrown away all the time if a cloth mm-hmm. mask would have worked because it would have saved money. Right. That was my original evaluation right. on masks. Well, right. Scott Adams is now having a fucking breakdown because all of these normies just used common sense and said that doesn't make sense. And he was going, well, but but I have all the data. And it's like, mm-hmm. And sometimes regular Americans are far more intelligent because they live regular lives and they look around themselves and they go, okay, come on though, but that's really dumb. And everyone goes, well, I need a cited study with six different sources that came from three different universities because I just can't make that evaluation myself. I've been taught my whole life that I'm stupid and I have to listen to smart people. Yeah. It's the reputation of experts, which a lot of these people just cannot stand, which you should be at. The part that baffles me is we just is if if you were alive and conscious during the Trump years, <laughs> you would have seen how the experts, the media, academia, all of these people compromised their entire all of their integrity in order to attack Trump. And so coming off of that, when coronavirus hit, I looked at it and said, well, those people have zero credibility left. I don't trust them about a. I didn't. I, I know that they are willing to lie to me to align with some political narrative. It's like, think of like the Black Lives Matter riots of 2020. Mm-hmm. How many people came away from that going, wow, I, uh, I don't trust anything that the media, the news, all these experts say about anything anymore. <laughs> and then suddenly COVID hit. But and then all these people on the right, like Scott Adams, forgot all of the things they saw during the Trump years and went, well, why would they lie about COVID though? They got to be telling the truth. I think you and I, and probably a lot of people when they started talking about COVID hysteria kind of went, um, I don't trust you on everything else. I'm not going to fully trust you on this. You're do I, do you trust, do you trust the, left-wing narrative about climate change, institutional racism, about January 6th, about Trump, about anything else. I don't trust them about any of that because they have proven that they're going to lie to me about it. So when those same people start telling me you need to take coronavirus super seriously and get this vaccine that's totally safe and effective, 
the natural response is to say, ah, hold on. I'm going to think about this a little bit and come to my own conclusion because you people have proven to me in multiple instances you're willing to lie to me to push a political point. So, no. I'm, in fact, more likely to just take whatever the opposite side of the issue is because that's the one that's probably true. The opposite side of all of the other issues that the left cares about is the one that's more true anyway. So when it comes to COVID, I'm baffled by how many people on the right just stopped being critical of the left and went, well, that, why would they lie about COVID? I'm just going to align with them. I'm going to believe everything they have to say. It's wild to me that people did that. And one, one of the weirder situations that people have been noting is for some reason, which should make everyone skeptical, Joe Biden decided to give credit to Donald Trump when it came to the vaccine rollout, which made any logical person very suspicious that there was something going on. And of course, yeah. Trump never to eschew himself from a compliment uh, decided to run with that and get all very excited that he was finally getting a pat on the head, which is also not surprising. Anybody who has paid any attention to Trump for, you know, years knows that he, he flattery is the surest way to get Donald Trump to like you like that. That is a known character trait. Um, But many people very accurately looked at this and went, Okay, something bad is going to come out about vaccines because they are now trying to pin them all on Trump. Yeah. Like, do you, so like what what did you think when you started saying? I mean, aside from the annoyance, which well, I'll I'll get to that a la later. There were a lot of people that were very annoyed with Trump for going along with this, right? Um and yeah. that's understandable to an extent. I I have I have some thoughts on that. But when you started seeing that, what like what were your thoughts? Where did your wheels kind of start spinning on that? So looking at I th so looking at how they st are starting to bring up Project Operation Warp Speed and Trump, I think that the whole plan of the left was very insidious. I think COVID was nonsense from day one. I think it was massively overinflated from day one. I think that it was to say that it was a planned pandemic has a lot of credibility, maybe not wholly planned. It's kind of hard to know on some of that, but at the very least, the, the very early days of COVID, it is absolutely undeniable that a bunch of elites in the U S government and the left wing global bureaucracy looked at the emerging COVID infections and went, this is our chance. Let's go. This is our chance to seize power and instigate this great reset that we really want to push on people. And I think is because this was a global coordination of elites to make the coronavirus into something that it was not. Then you get to the vaccine. And I think the vaccine was planned from the get-go as part of the entire elite coordination on coronavirus. This is where Trump comes in. Trump initiates Operation Warp Speed. 
Trump is being got leaned on by all these people who told him Americans are super duper scared about coronavirus. You should grant all of this government money and a blank check to all of these people and all of these groups who have spent the last three and a half years maligning you and working against you. You should grant them a totally blank check and absolutely zero immunity. And because because it's so super important to make to make to get their their vaccine rolled out. And so Trump did. And, and understandably so. I, it's hard to fault that decision based on what we were seeing at the time. I think then when the vaccines rolled out, Operation Warp Speed gives billions of dollars to all these pharmaceutical companies, gives them zero liability, pushes all this nonsense out. Exactly what all of these, exactly the same people coordinating against Trump are in charge of this whole effort. They then come out with the vaccine. They then start going on this incredible crusade to make sure it gets injected into every man, woman, and child, regardless of the realities of coronavirus. I think this is how Trump got compromised. I think it is how he lost the presidency. I think it is how he's never fought for the presidency afterwards. I think it's why he has been so silent about the January 6th political prisoners that have been rotting for over a year. I think it is because they went to Trump in January and said, oh, hey, guess what? Operation Warp Speed that you signed on, that you promoted, that has your name all over it. If you don't play ball and essentially concede the presidency and then disappear off the face of the face of the earth, if you don't do that, we will highlight how all of these people are dying and getting injured by this vaccine and make you responsible. If you play ball, we will hide all of that data. We will hide it from people. We will call anyone that talks about it a conspiracy theorist and your legacy will be safe. But if you don't play ball with us, we will show everybody every single death from the vaccine, every case of a child having their life ruined by myocarditis, and we will lay it all at your feet. And I think Trump then said Trump, that's what compromised him. I think that's why he didn't fight for the presidency, and that's why he's so silent up to this very day. I think so, it's it's how it was their method of controlling him, and I think it's hard to fault Trump because – if that's true, it would be hard to see that coming. Now, it's a it's an interesting theory. Yeah. And I guess my my only real question is how come there isn't a single well maybe this isn't completely true, but how come there isn't a single like liberal outlet at all that isn't trying to do that? Because they're not all part of the coordination. I'm just wondering, like, it feels like that that is actually a because there have to be some people on the left that don't like like vaccine mandates and stuff. There are. Let me let me rephrase. I'm sorry. There's to be some people on the left that didn't let go of the idea that like Trump's rushing this vaccine. Like it's going to hurt people. I'm not because we had, a you know, we have. um audio that we've played previously of every major liberal political player saying don't get the vaccine because Trump rushed it through. There has to be at least like one or two uh, decent sized liberal groups that like never let that go. Right. How come they're not putting it out? Well, because it would cost them everything. 
because they would then become right wing conspiracy theorists. Oh, okay. So yeah, so it would be the guilt by association is just too risky. Yeah. They, okay. they know exactly what their side is capable of, and they're too scared to, to do anything about it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, well, in in to that point, not to go down a, a rabbit hole um, on, on Trump stuff, uh, but I will say, like, that is a hundred percent. Like, well, as as Chick Mouse is saying on our chat here, it's like something happened. Yeah. <laughs> Something happened because... Okay, and think about it. They, these people hated every single thing Trump did and sought to undo every single thing Trump did, except for the vaccine. Trump was responsible for the, this, this, the COVID vaccine, and they embraced it with a level of fervor that is extremely bizarre. Considering how they reacted to every other thing Trump did, this one thing... They, they not only give a pass, but embrace wholeheartedly as if it is the great savior of mankind. That should make all of us very suspicious about it. Well, after the- that's why that right there is one of the sole pieces of evidence that I use when to think about, is this whole vaccine thing planned from the beginning? Is there something more to it? And I think you really just look no further than the reactions from from the people that hated Trump. They hated every single thing he did except this. That well, tells me that it might have been pitched to him in bad faith and might have been essentially a manipulation tactic of the Trump administration because they hated everything else. But that one thing, they not only it's like if they had it, it, it just that should make you very, very suspicious. Well, now, and the fact that they don't give Trump credit for it after the fact also makes me somewhat suspicious because I think they're they're keeping it in their back pocket of what was the biggest thing they feared? January 6th. Oh, there's a coup. Trump's going to try and stay in power. You had John Podesta and all these other ghouls war gaming as if this was really going to happen. Trump trying to like stay in power through a military coup. They were truly terrified of that potential. That's why you also saw the, the massive disproportionate reaction to the January 6th protest. They are terrified that people on the right are actually going to make a play with, for the levers of power with actual hard violence. Terrified of that fact. And they needed Trump to go away. And it was not out of the realm of possibility that they would use means like this to ensure that Trump went away and to make sure he stayed away. Again, if you look at their, everything they did before the 2020 election, the consistent line was this terror that Donald Trump would have enough popular support that they couldn't kick him out of the presidency. And therefore, it seems very reasonable that they would find some way to neutralize him from making a play for power if he lost in a way that would silence him permanently. And I think that that is why I feel... It is a logical theory that this vaccine and the inherent dangers of it were all part of the plan to ensure that they would never have to worry about Trump after the election. Well, and now not not um, <clears throat> sorry, uh, not pulling away uh, from that necessarily. But this does bring up a, uh, a subject that uh, this was something that uh, that I saw 
uh, being pushed around uh, over the last couple of weeks. Um, it doesn't really negate what you're saying, but like, right, the the whole thing is the only, like you said, the the one thing that Trump did that the left seemed to support were vaccines, but that was after they did 180 degrees against them. But we know why that was. And let me explain, um, because some of our audience might think about that and be like, well, but all of the Democrats were against the vaccines, including like Kamala Harris and people like that before they were pro the vaccines. And a lot of that goes back to a gentleman named Eric Topol. And uh, let me explain. Eric Topol was, I believe, a doctor and his big claim to fame was Eric Topol has celebrated. And you can see tweets and articles where this guy is being celebrated because Eric Topol's big claim to fame was that he lobbied the government and hospitals to not release the vaccine specifically until after the election. Now, wow. I want, I, yes, I, 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 this was a, this was a, uh, uh, there was an article that came out or at least started getting shared again, where there was a guy named Eric Topol, whose entire like celebration, the, the celebration of him is that, uh, he lobbied to make sure that the vaccine didn't get released until after the election. And let me, let me see if I can find, uh, the article, uh, that I saw shared on this. Cause you just, you just kind of triggered that into my mm. head. So essentially they, they got Trump to pay for this vaccine to take credit for this vaccine. But then they also then intentionally withheld the release so that they could be publicly seen as the face of the vaccine. With the, with the fallback of, if we ever need to, we can always just haul Trump's carcass back out front and plant it in front of this vaccine in case anybody gets wise to it or we need to embarrass him further. And then the, and then the plan was, well, we'll all call it the vaccine. We will claim victory on COVID. We will, we will say that we have the vaccine and everyone has to take it. And that's why how our plan to stop COVID and that's going to placate the masses into continuing to give us power and degrade their civil liberties. Right. And, and um, let's see if I can find it here. Uh, yep, here it is. All right. This is MIT Technology Review. Uh, this was an article that was published October 19th, 2020. So right before, right, right before the election. One doctor's campaign to stop a COVID-19 vaccine being rushed through before Election Day. How heart doctor Eric Topol used his social media account to kill off Trump's October surprise. After being released from Walter Reed National Military Medical Center on October 5th, U.S. President Donald Trump praised the doctors who treated him for COVID-19 and promised that the public would soon have a vaccine against the deadly coronavirus. Quote, we have the best medicines in the world, and very shortly they are all getting approved and vaccines are coming momentarily, he said in a video statement shared with millions of Twitter followers. Across the country in Cal... 
or across the country in California, a doctor named Eric Topol was responding in real time on social media. He questioned the president's health, his doctor's actions, and even his mental status. By that point, Topol, a heart expert and researcher with a huge Twitter following of his own, was already weeks into a personal campaign to make sure the administration could not rush a COVID-19 vaccine through regulatory authorization before Election Day on November 3rd. An editorial in the New York Times had raised the possibility of an October surprise vaccine back in June and warned that a vaccine approval could turn into a campaign stunt. Topol, who works at the Scripps Research Institute in La Jolla and is one of the country's most prominent doctors, aimed to prevent Trump from greenlighting a vaccine before scientists could prove it to be safe and effective. To Topol, developing an effective vaccine against COVID-19 is the best event in our generation and one that should be evaluated on the basis of scientific data, not political implications. If Trump badgered the U.S. Food and Drug Administration into prematurely releasing a vaccine that wasn't effective or even caused harm, it could shake the public's trust in any COVID-19 vaccine. And if we are to achieve wide immunity against SARS-CoV-2, we'll need a vaccine, we'll need to vaccinate more people than the number that get flu shots each year. Releasing a vaccine that people are afraid of could do more harm than good. To prevent such a scenario, Topol led online calls for FDA Commissioner Steve Hahn to resign after his agency was criticized for cowing to political pressure and then phoned Hahn a number of times to urge him to resist Trump's influence. Topol also targeted Pfizer, the only pharmaceutical company likely to seek approval of its vaccine before Election Day, which eventually set up a meeting for him with its vaccine team. Huh, interesting. Now, understand, one of the things I want to point out, this guy made a huge, huge push against vaccines prior to Election Day because of FDA approvals and things being rushed through. I do not believe there's been any such push from this gentleman with regards to booster shots, which were absolutely rushed through. So it's it's yeah. interesting. Like I said, it doesn't it doesn't negate anything that you're saying here. But what it does show is once again, it's the the adamant politicization of everything here. Of all of the things this guy was worried about. Notice all of the very specific statements here. It wasn't like because when were vaccines released? I don't know. It what? was right. It was like right after the election. Literally, it was right after the election. Which means yeah. that there was no conceivable way. Um. Actually, let me, let me, let me get the exact dates here. Uh, um. The, the 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 reason why I'm bringing it up is there's no way that any extra data was actually done. This was all there was a there was a concerted effort at the beginning to just make sure that Trump couldn't get vaccines out prior to yeah. uh, the election. And then they abandoned all hope and ran away. And now it's going to, they're, they're going to try to twist it around. Okay. So it was December. It was a month after the election. Okay. 
Because of course it was. Yep. It's just yeah. the the reason why I'm bringing this up is it, we have to we have to remember the timeline because they are going to try to they are going to try to rewrite history. Right. And they're trying to do it now. Mm-hmm. You see, a, I've seen a number of articles and things where the CDC is walking this back. Everyone is now realizing or Omicron is nothing dangerous. And in fact, if the news is to be believed, Omicron is not dangerous. Well, this is what the news is saying. The media is saying Omicron is not that dangerous. And it gives you antibodies against de- the Delta variants and all the other variants. Mm-hmm. It seems a lot very likely that they are going to try and abandon the whole COVID narrative, that they're going to co- come out and say, we did it, everybody. The vaccines worked. Uh, Omicron happened. Everybody's got natural immunity. Uh, uh, nothing to see here. Goodbye. They're, uh, mark my words. In the next few months, they're going to try and memory hole COVID. Mm-hmm. It's going to be declared we beat the pandemic. It's all over. Nothing to see here. Don't please forget the the last couple of years where we ruined the economy, destroyed lives, wrecked the country and utterly ruined everything. All of the positive successes of the Trump administration. Forget all of that. Forget the massive totalitarian push and destruction of civil liberties. COVID's over and done. Goodbye. Let's all get back to something more important. Uh, please start going out and spending money so we can restart the economy and avoid the hyperinflation nightmare that is pl- about to drop on all of our heads. Right. Well, and and it's also got to be um, I mean, there's there's a the politicization is going to go this way. They're going to just try to go. Yep. Uh, stop worrying about covid. K. Okay, thanks. Bye. And yeah. when conservatives bring it up and go, well, wait, wait a minute. You guys like destroyed the country over this. Yeah, I guarantee we're going to rightfully say I need an apology I have been saying that this was nonsense for the last two years, and now you can't just turn around and dispense it without a serious apology to the rest of us. And they're going to go, I don't know what you mean. We were just, I was just trying to save lives, and then the science changed, and everything's okay now. Oh, no. What they're going to say is, we we could be moving forward from covid but yeah. conservatives want to just keep us in the past. Right. Conservatives are keeping us from moving forward from COVID. Now, the reality is, is conservatives are going to go uh, exactly what you're saying. No, you ruined lives. People are dead. Like people. You. Yeah. You ruined lives. That's the best way to put it. you ruined lives over this. Children are behind in their school. The amount of horror that they've subjected people to is the human cost of COVID that is unrelated to actually getting sick is immense. Mm -hmm. Absolutely immense. How many grandparents are dead simply because they died of loneliness in nursing homes that were constantly getting locked down where they couldn't see their family or loved ones? That's horrific. How many people are dead because they couldn't get into a hospital to have routine medical procedures because COVID hysteria? It, the human toll that they subjected people to with these totalitarian COVID measures is mind-boggling. People's livelihoods and businesses were destroyed and wrecked. And it just, they are not going to apologize for any of that. Yeah. 
And then when you demand an apology, they're going to be like, oh, my God, they just can't let it go. Exactly. That's what's going to happen. And it's, yeah, yeah. it's it's simply, and we're already watching it happen. They are, for whatever reason, now, I, I have a theory. My theory is, is the reason why they're pushing this and the reason why they're doing this is uh, being the left. The reason why the left is is suddenly trying to kind of basically change everything, change their entire stance on all of this. The CDC saying that there doesn't need to be anywhere near the amount of quarantine, that masks don't work, the PCR tests are bunk. All of this is because yeah. Joe Biden needs a win. Because Joe Biden's yeah. lost his ass on everything. The Afghanistan pullout was a disaster. The economy is a disaster. Even when they try, even when they try to lie to people and be like, oh, he's created more jobs than any president since whatever. The reality is, it's like, no, you destroyed a bunch of jobs. Millions of people were out of work because of coronavirus hysteria, and they're just going back to work. You haven't created a job. People are just going back to work after you locked the entire country down or not necessarily you, but Democrats basically screeched about coronavirus for two years. So um, a lot of people, I, I think it's falling flat, in other words, um, right? Like even liberals are getting kind of or even liberals are getting pissed off because he just lost his ass in the Senate, not because of the Republicans. The Republicans are trying to act like they have some sort of weird victory. Um, the reality is, is Joe Manchin is the reason why um, Joe Biden's Joe Biden failed. He didn't get his build back better plan put through the Senate because Joe Manchin was like, yeah, I'm not voting for that. So now all the Republicans voted against it as well. Don't get me wrong. But like this wasn't because of great parliamentary tactics of Mitch McConnell, as people are trying to say. It was because one Democrat who, by the way, is still a Democrat. Yeah, I'm going to keep my foot on that because there's a lot of hero worship on the right of Joe Manchin. And I'm going to just remind everyone he's still a Democrat, no matter what kind of abuse he has had to face. He still stays in the Democrat Party, and that should make you skeptical. Regardless, point is Joe Biden lost. He has not had really a single success. Right. And they're heading into. It's 2022 now. So going into this summer, it's 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 election season. Because come mm -hmm. November, it's, you know, the House of Representatives, the Senate, there's a bunch of races coming up. And it's midterms. And so Joe Biden needs a win because right now there's no reason like Americans have no solid reason why to vote Democrat. And historically, the sitting president's party loses in the midterm elections. But much like the opposite of what we saw with the supposed blue wave that was supposed to happen in 2017, that really right. was like a trickle. It most projections now granted polls are polls, right? Most projections really look like there might not really be much of a Democrat party in 2022, because why would anyone vote for them? What have they done for any single American? Any liberal who thought that they were going to get a bunch of handouts, like free, like get their student loans uh, 
paid off. They thought that they were going to get Medicare for all. They thought they were going to get, you know, a bunch of uh, government gimmies. Well, they didn't get any of those. Joe Biden failed on that. Any Republican has sat there and watched Joe Biden like continue to ruin their lives and be basically a psychopath. Well, not him personally, be a puppet for psychopaths that we don't know. Sure. So, and this is, this is why, this is why we feel like they're going, you're going to see the abandonment of the, of COVID, the success on COVID before the midterm, I guess before the midterm elections, Mm -hmm. because if they can, get rid of all the COVID hysteria. They can restart the economy. They can get everything back to normal. Then they can claim Joe Biden and the Democrats are a success. Right. If the midterm elections were today, most people, including Democrats, would probably look and say, well, the Biden and all these Democrats are a failure. They can't pass Build Back Better. They can't solve COVID, but we still got all these problems. My kids still have to wear masks. And Democrats would probably not be all that excited to go out to the polls. Even trying to inflame fears about racism, I think, are going to would fall flat if they tried them today. They're like, "Well, you got to come out and elect a Republic, a, a Democrat senator because racism." I think a lot of Democrat voters would still go, "Yeah, yeah, that's probably true." But wait, what day was voting again? Yesterday? Ah, shoot. I think there's just no re- there. There would be no energy behind democrat voters right now which is why i think they're going to try and get rid of covid claim victory on that claim victory on restarting the economy but it has to start now and the thing is they're on such a tight time frame it's going to be very jarring to people that just spent the last four years or not four years they just spent the last two years destroying their interpersonal relationships because they were concerned about covid how many liberals just had a miserable and terrible Christmas because they didn't want their unvaccinated family coming up and seeing them? And we can't go see grandma because she's in a nursing home and we don't want to catch Omicron. And we're going to make sure that Uncle Tim and all the cousins that we like have to stay in Tennessee because they're stupid Trump voters that probably are sick. These people have been ruining their lives. And if you suddenly reverse course, they're probably going to be upset. And the Biden administration and the Democrats, I think, are willing to take that risk because it's going to be because the they are looking at the midterms in 2022 and then and feeling very, very nervous. I think their perception of the Republican voter base is that Republican voters only care about impeaching Joe Biden that they are going to respond to the Republican Party and say, are you going to impeach Joe Biden if we vote for you? And the Republican Party might say, well, 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 maybe, but how about low taxes? Are my lower taxes going to impeach Joe Biden? (laughs) I would pay more in taxes to make sure he gets impeached. I think that is how the Democrat Party and the Biden administration is looking at the Republican Republican Party voters, as if these people cannot be allowed to achieve a majority in, in the House and Senate because they will demand that Joe Biden gets impeached after what we did to Trump. These people watched what we did to Trump and oh my God, they are going to do the same thing to us. If we let, if they get political power. Oh my gosh. And and rightfully so. Oh, and rightfully so. That's the thing. Rightfully so. But the reality of it doesn't necessarily matter as much as what is the perception that all of these Democrats and liberals have? 
the perception they have is when we got power, we used it as viciously as possible. It's only reasonable to consider that my enemies will do the same to me. Right. And and so to that, which is which is an interesting segue. Um, well, actually, sorry, real quick. Uh, I know I have a lot of stuff written on the title of this episode, and I'm sorry that we've been banging on Omicron so much, but I think it's uh, poignant because I know that there's going to be a lot of information warfare and I, I want to get everything out there that we can um, because it's just we're, we're going to be watching this in real time. And so I, I want everyone to be prepared for what they're about to see. Um, but there is, there, there's, there's a video clip that I absolutely want to play because, <coughs> um, I'm not sure the nice way to say this. Um, I'm not anti-Trump, but there are points where I think Trump needs to get involved in things or just go away forever. I, I, I think that that's probably the, the best way to put it. Um, there are things that disappoint me. And the reason why I want to bring this up is because I would like to see a change. I, I want to see there, there are there are demands that I want to make, especially when we've got midterms coming up. We've got 2024 right around the corner, um, those types of things. And so I, I have demands. But of all the people in the world that I would like to turn to who have what I consider to be a very good take, it's Alex Jones. Yeah. And there's a clip from Alex Jones. I know that some people might roll their eyes, but I want you woo. to listen to this. I'm sorry. I said, woo. Yeah. Um, I gave a Ric Flair woo because if anything, Alex Jones has been the most consistent and reputable source for the last two years. <laughs> that, that is, that is actually one of my favorite parts about Twitter is the whole, like Alex Jones was right. Um, yeah. But I, 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 I want to play this clip because the never Trumper movement is pathetic and sad, but someone like this, who brings these things up, I find this to be remarkably consistent. And these are the, this is the way, let, let me phrase it. The reason why I want to, why I want to play something like this is this is how the GOP needs to be approached in mass, not just with this situation, but with every situation. But, but here's, here's the clip from Alex Jones bunch of others she's real trump it's actually playing let me show you why i'm pissed at trump i'm pissed at trump about this investigation has been launched after a three-year-old girl dies from cardiac arrest one day after receiving COVID 19 Pfizer shot in argentina i'm pissed for that little sweetheart who had a whole life ahead of her and who's a little angel who died in excruciating pain like a fish out of water that's why i choose her over trump and because I cared about Trump and was persecuted for supporting Trump, it makes it 10 times worse because I know Podesta's evil and I know Hillary's evil and I know Obama's evil and I know Fauci's evil and I know Bill Gates is evil and I know they're all evil. But Trump did a lot of good and I believed in him. And so the fact that he's done this makes it personal. It makes it hurt. Oh, nobody's been hurt, he told Candace Owens from the shot. Nobody. And it's great. And everybody needs their booster shots. And, oh, it's totally effective. None of that's true. It's all lies. That little girl, I went and checked the foreign news. She's dead with a bunch of others. She's real, Trump. And your warp speed killed her. 
Now, before you were just ignorant and got calm and gave you benefit of the doubt. But maybe you weren't ignorant the whole time. Maybe you've been the ultimate head fake. And, and, and Donald Trump, God's going to punish you if you don't turn back now. Now, I really like this clip for a couple of reasons. Now, for for those of you who might want to get angry and upset, because I understand it's a very sensitive subject. People people got very excited and got very behind Trump. And obviously there's a sect of the population that always attacks him. And so, you know, unfortunately, this is just what happens, right? Um, yeah. You, know, you attack him, people get upset and angry. I get it. Let me explain. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because it actually proves something that we all know. But it's amazing because so Trump has come out after he got complimented about vaccines. He went and he got interviewed on Candace Owens program and stuff where he basically talks about how, well, no, vaccines are great. You should get your booster shots. You should do all of these things. It's it's fantastic. And it's because he made it right. Uh, all right. that Biden had to do was give Trump credit. This was this was the this was the game here. This was the plan. Um, now we've obviously shared some of our thoughts on it, on the idea that like, they're literally taking the problems with the vaccine and saying, we'll apply this to you, Trump, if you don't play ball. And that is entirely possible, but here's the deal. The Biden administration thought if we give Trump credit for vaccines, or at least this is a theory, if we give Trump credit for vaccines, he will talk about how great vaccines are, and then all of these vaccine holdouts will be Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, Donald Trump said it was good. I'm going to go get vaccinated now. Because, and the reason why I think that that is accurate, is because idiots in Washington, D.C. would absolutely sit there and say, well, the problem is is that everybody thinks that Donald Trump is anti-vaccine, and everybody that follows Trump is in a cult. And therefore, if their cult leader says vaccines are good, they'll all get vaccinated. But there's a problem mm. with that. And I've watched a bunch of never Trumpers and a bunch of liberals get really upset because Trump came out and was all about vaccines. And a bunch of Trump supporters are going, this was the dumbest take. Screw Trump. You know, F him. And all of these liberals and all of these never Trumpers are like, wait, what? What what's going on? And it was like, oh, yeah, you guys are idiots. We weren't a cult. Yeah, it was never a cult. A lot of people liked Trump because he fought for them. That's still 100 percent true. He was wrong. On how these vaccines were handled. Yeah, he's oh, well, let, let me rephrase. He's wrong now. Sure. And the problem and the reason why is you can't separate the vaccines from mandates. You can't. And so him coming out and being like, oh, you should get you. Well, especially with the boosters. Oh, my God. But that's a completely separate whole thing that we could go on. But the the problem is, is it's not even about vaccines. The concern is about mandates. And because of the way that they treat coronavirus, you can't say vaccines are good without basically creating the argument that it's okay for the government to force them. Right. 
That's it. And, and, and that's why people are upset because ultimately Trump doesn't matter to the right wing as much as their own personal liberties do. And that's always been the case and they can't figure it out. I think that is why you see such consternation. That's why you see now and are going to see more consternation from all of these people that hated Trump as it becomes more and more apparent that COVID and these vaccines are all nonsense. Mm -hmm. I take Scott Adams, for example. Scott Adams was probably too busy thinking all these dumb Trump tards. I'm better than all these dumb Trump tards who are all in a cult and only believe what big orange man tells them. <laughs> and then it turns out that, no, they weren't in a cult. They were actually, they were actually the, the free thinkers the whole time. Yeah. Oh, no. You were the one in a cult because you signed on and believed all of the nonsense COVID hysteria that turns out you never should have believed if you were at all being critical of the information being fed to you by people who just spent the last four years telling you how much they hate you. I feel like th that a lot of these people have egg on their face from how they acted mm -hmm. uh, over the over COVID. And are now realizing that they were the ones that were blind, blinded by dogmatic allegiance. And they don't like that. It makes them feel very embarrassed and silly. And that's why they're lashing out so intensely. Right. No, it's it, it, it is fascinating. And, and to to the point of of lashing out and, and things like that, let's um let's let's talk a little bit about some some of the more interesting stuff, because uh, I, I don't I don't think the hysteria is just going to be based on COVID um, because there's other things happening. One of the things that was brought up um, on, on our chat here is like Trump's silence on January 6th. And yes, um, because we're going into the midterms and because once once we're through with the midterms, which obviously, you know, we're going to see a lot of that happening in the summer and then the elections, obviously, in November. Uh, we're going to start hearing more and more about 2024. So there's going to be all of this talk and all of this surmising and whatever heading into an election season about who's going to be the Republican candidate for 2024. And the first thing I'm going to explain is there's going to be an entire primary. So anybody's dumb shit argument about, well, if like, why would anyone nominate so-and-so there's a whole process guys. People have to vote. So don't buy into any uh -huh. of the grifters that want to get people upset and get people commenting on their Twitter or YouTube or whatever, just to try to get the algorithms to play nice with them. What Anybody are you talking about? So I'm, I'm getting there. Anybody who talks about 2024, where they try to pit any candidate against another candidate when they say nomination, because one of the common things you'll see is, Anyone who are the Republicans nominating Trump over Ron DeSantis would just be, oh, my God, it would be so terrible. That's not how it works. Everybody votes in a primary. The people pick the candidate. Just I, the reason why I want to point that out is we are heading into the season where everyone's going to start talking about 2024 and 2022 and what you need to understand because the elites are going to fight like hell. What you need to understand is that, um, is that these people a hundred percent will attempt to make it sound like there's no personal process to it, that voters aren't involved. Does that okay. make any sense? Cause I keep Some. seeing, I keep seeing these statements 
where it's, oh my God, if they nominate Trump for 2024, they're absolutely going to lose. Who's the they? When you see these uh, right-wing commentators make that statement, do you know who the they is they're talking about? No. It's the American people. Who picks the nominee for the GOP in the presidential race? It's yeah. the American people. The The reason why I'm bringing that up is you're going to start seeing it more and more. I'm starting to see it pick up more and more steam. Understand when they say if they nominate so-and-so for uh, president in 2024, the they is you. Right. And it bothers me. Sorry. It, it, it's a thing that I'm going to harp on more and more. And I want to prepare everybody for it because just understand there is a segment of conservative commentators that are literally saying if they nominate, well, the they is you or or what they're really alluding to is even if all of these Americans nominate, let's say, Trump for 2024, the Republican Party needs to ignore all of the voters and nominate somebody else. OK, that's that's because we're going to start seeing that case be built now. Regardless, we just actually made a lot of statements about why. We would have some issues, you know, with Trump. And this goes into uh, when we want to start talking about, like, candidates. Like, what kind of candidates do right. I want to see for 2022? What kind of candidate do I want to see for 2024? Let me explain. I think as people on the right, as conservatives, as Republicans, we need to put our foot down. Strong and hardcore, we need to put our foot down. And the reason why I say that is... January 6th is a very big deal. There are people that yeah. have been rotting in jail for a year with no crimes. They, they have not been charged with any crime. They're just sitting in jail because, oh, well, coronavirus, gee, shucks. I guess we'll just hold you in jail for a year or more. We'll just keep you in jail until it, and a judge is going to deny your bail because you trespassed. Yeah. Any Republican who's not fighting right now to get those people released and calling them political prisoners does not deserve to be elected. Right. Because is there any argument? Is there any actual argument that these people are so dangerous because they trespass? Understand, not a single person is charged. Not a single person is charged with insurrection. Yeah. They're being charged with trespassing. Yeah, no, it's it's it is absolute nonsense and everyone knows it. And if you don't know it, you should know it. But. I can point to a couple of Republicans who have brought some stuff up, but I'm still not that impressed. Like, yeah, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, uh, Louis Gohmert, I think. Or no, Paul Gosar, like there are. There are some representatives who have spoken up about it, but they're still not doing much. I don't know what all they can do, but it seems like they should do more. Sure. I haven't seen a single Republican governor demand that their uh, citizen be released from political detention in D.C. and transferred to their state. Not even sure if that, they can do that, but they should try. They should try. Yeah. It's, it's shocking that that's... So big of an ask, apparently. It, it's just bizarre because it's so obvious to me, and it seems maybe to 
a lot of people, but maybe not, that we are in a that there is a concerted effort to destroy the political power of us to make sure that we can't oppose all the coordination of all these various elites and all these groups against us. It seems like there is absolutely a coordinated effort to make sure that they have unopposed power forever. And yet the people that we've elected to ensure that we are protected from these predatory groups that are trying to destroy the American nation seem like they're more afraid of of they're more afraid of actually interfering with the plans of these people than they are with <laughs> with actually doing anything they're more afraid of being called racist or looking like they're not a team player and not uh, bipartisan than they are about what happens what what happens in the future when when you can't trust elections what happens in the future when the left has basically gotten their every wish. Mm -hmm. Does the, does America become a better place? Does it become a worse place? What's the future for their children in a country that demonizes them for being white? How do they look at any of this and think, yeah, my future is secure. This is fine. It's baffling to me. Well, and, and what's, what's really truly amazing on, on a lot of that is if this might be annoying, but forgive me, if Vladimir Putin had a bunch of people protesting his most recent election and people claiming that it was fraudulent and um, a bunch of people protested and then Vladimir Putin uh, had them jailed and was holding them without any charges for a year, the United States would be screaming at the United Nations would be yeah. imposing sanctions, would be talking about uh, human rights, would be uh, like all of these things would be occurring. Mm -hmm. How is this different? Like some argument might be, well, I mean, Vladimir Putin absolutely uh, is like fraudulent elections. Okay, but yeah. like it's impossible. Is, is there a way that it's absolutely impossible for the U.S. elections to be stolen? Is that completely impossible? Or is it just doubtful? Yeah. I because don't know. It, it, to be honest, do, does it... Okay. Does it actually matter whether or not those people were correct? They thought... Let's just play this game. They thought that the election was suspect... And mm -hmm. they marched on the Capitol to demand that it be investigated, that they not certify an election that may have been fraudulent. And they might have been wrong. People Maybe. in the United States sure. are allowed to be wrong. But they were arrested and jailed. It sets a very, very disturbing precedent. Because that's what confuses me. They're being charged with insurrection. And by the way, questioning a presidential election has been super common for decades. Yeah. The Democrats do it every time a Republican wins. They did it in 2016. They literally suggested Russia stole the goddamn election. 
Yeah. We all watched that happen. Yeah. The point is, is that the, like, I, I get it. We're going into a political season. Everyone's going to talk about how we need to win all of this other nonsense. I, I don't care as much about winning right now as I do about Republicans doing the right thing. Sure. Because at the end of the day, that's, that is winning. The reason we're not winning is because we don't have a political party that is willing to take the risks and stand up to the infringements of all the things that we're upset about. I shouldn't have to worry that the definition of international terrorism gets changed to include support for candidates that the left doesn't like. Right. But I do have to worry about that because the people in charge of ensuring that it doesn't happen are negligent in their responsibility. Right. Exactly. And we we have a story coming up that I'm going to get into where a hundred percent, I'm going to show you how some of that might be being built even more than it already is because we've already seen, you know, there's the whole January 6th committee that's still going on and they're still making all of these statements um, that basically are alluding to uh, like, if I don't like you politically, I'm going to subpoena you and we're going to come after you and we're going to go through all like your entire life and upend it because some people protested. Yeah. And and by comparison, nothing compared to what we saw the summer prior. Oh, absolutely. It's that that part is undeniable. No, 100%. Like it's it's insane. Yeah. There's no there's no way you can look at what happened in the summer of 2020 and January 6th and come away with the conclusions that the left is coming away with. Well, the only way you can do that is if you are actually just ideologically motivated and that's, that's it. I don't know. It's bizarre that we have elected officials that seem to not have the same risk calculus about the left that we do. And I don't know how that's possible. Does what does like Ted Cruz, for example, what happens in five years, Ted? In five years, do, do you walk all this back? Do you make it so that donating funds to a political campaign, a right wing political campaign is not treated like an act of terrorism? Because currently, that's where we seem to be headed. You have all these people in the Senate in positions of actual power and authority in our country that, if given the power to do so, you know they would be the ab- absolutely take revenge on anyone that voted for Trump, anyone that voted on the right. They would make it so that's de facto illegal. So it seems like it should follow that every right-wing politician would see them as an existential threat. And when they don't, it makes me very, very worried and confused. Well, and where it's going to get even more interesting or, or not where, where I have to point something out is there was a super weird um, text exchange with everybody's favorite politician, which is uh, Eric Swalwell, um, who is 
a consummate liar. Like th- th- this guy lies all the time, all the time. Um, and it's just, it's, it's just fascinating. So this is, he slept with a Chinese spy, <laughs> you know, he, yeah. uh, constantly still rails on, uh, the Trump Russia collusion, even though that's been disproven, no matter how many times the guy just lies. So of course, right. like we, we get it, but he tried to claim a couple of days ago that he was threatened and he names names of media personalities, which I, you know, back in the day, back in the day, um, claiming, uh, go, going after any media personality um, was supposed to be, uh, you know, a violation of the First Amendment. Democracy dies in darkness. Yeah, so, that's what I'm told. Yeah. Let, let me read this. Uh, so this is the thread that was posted by Eric Swalwell on the 30th. Um, he said, a man DM'd me direct messaged me that I should be shot for my family's safety. I asked Twitter to help ID ID him when Twitter fell short. Thanks for trying. I asked this guy, his name stringing him a bit and why he threatened me meet Jeremy Marshall, who told me he was radicalized by Tucker Carlson. This is the exchange, according to Eric Swalwell. This Jeremy guy says, traitor, hopefully you get hung one day. And then messages again, traitor, you should be shot. And then Swalwell responds with, hi, I'm Eric. What's your name? And this is actually, (laughs) and this is, this is actually the congressman or his assistant. This is the congressman. Hi, what's your name? Jeremy, by the way. Oh, cool. I'm from California. What about you? Canada. Okay, so let's start at why do we care that some dude from Canada? Like, well, okay, a couple of things, and we don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole because we have the whole exchange we have to go over, but let's be honest here. Um, why would a Canadian call a U.S. congressman a traitor? Why would, why would they care? Like what Canadian is so invested in U S politics that they're like, you're a traitor. You should be shot. Is that even believable? No. Now. Okay. says, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm from Canada. I love Canada. Which part van meaning Vancouver. You're a lot more personable than you come across. Oh my gosh. Really? Oh, okay. Like, like, so we're supposed to believe this, right? Oh, really? So I'm saying you're a traitor. You should be shot. Oh, Hey, my name's Eric. What's your name? Jeremy. Where are you from? Jeremy. I'm from California. I'm from Canada. Oh, I love Canada. Wow. You're so personable. Mr. Congressman. (laughs) This is laughable. This is a totally believable text exchange, guys. Oh, Vancouver is the best. You're lucky to live there. Well, I want to be responsive. Okay, fair enough. So obviously, I'm pretty choked at these accusations. Like a lot of people say with regards to this Asian spy, why don't you address it? Yeah, why not? So he shares... 
Eric Swalwell shares some article from the San Francisco Chronicle that says Swalwell was completely cooperative and under no suspicion of wrongdoing. An FBI official familiar with the investigation said, speaking to the Chronicle anonymously as the agent was not authorized to speak to the media. It was a defensive briefing information. Blah. Okay. So, so the guy's response was so totally by accident. You feel you were targeted. Oh, were you targeted? Oh no. So you've believed this entire time that a U.S. congressman. Well, first of all, you're from Canada and super concerned about the activities of U.S. Congress members, and you think that this guy was a traitor because he slept with like a, with, with a Chinese spy. Notice he says Asian and not Chinese, which is also weird. But anyway. Um, slept with a Chinese spy and Eric Swallow goes, no, here's a random quote from the San Francisco Chronicle. And this guy isn't going to go, uh, yeah, the media's in your pocket. They love you because you're a Democrat. Supposedly yeah. radicalized guy by Tucker Carlson's going to go, oh, wow, the San Francisco Chronicle. I'm going to change my entire worldview, Mr. Congressman. Also, the fact that he says Asian spy and not Chinese spy is weird. No, a hundred percent. Yeah, right? but. Like he's if this a, guy was truly radicalized by Tucker Carlson, he would yeah. have said Chinese spy. It's never been Asian spy. The only people who don't say Chinese are liberals who are afraid of getting in trouble with the Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> Fang Fang was a Chinese spy. Because, let's be honest, a spy from Korea, who cares? Right. That would also be an Asian spy. Anyway. So totally by accident, do you feel you were targeted? I did nothing wrong, as FBI said. Nothing else to say. And yes, I was targeted. Next time I'm in Vancouver, we should grab a coffee and discuss. Or when you're in America. Okay, fair enough. I didn't see that article. I'm obviously right-leaning up here in Canada. If you were targeted, then I would be in I would be in the wrong. From articles I read, there was evidence you did know or should have known. Yeah, I didn't. Well, I'll look you up. Nice to meet you. It goes on. What was the point of this? <laughs> oh, well, you see, he was engaging with this awful person. Um, and he decided to string him along a little bit. So, okay, so oh, it was nice to meet you. What's your last name, Jeremy? You're so much different than I read about. And I assumed you did. You, I assumed you did, you know, based on what I read. Well, if I give you my last name, I said some mean things to you that I shouldn't, that I shouldn't have based on this convo. So could, so I could get in some trouble. Yeah. Like, oh, this guy's just 100% like, oh, you completely changed my mind, Mr. Swalwell, with your statement and the San Francisco Chronicle article. Gee willikers. So, okay, so notice this. You're much different than I've read about, I than I assumed. If I give you my last name, I did say some mean things that I shouldn't have. Um, based on this conversation, I could get in some trouble. This is Eric Swalwell's response. Oh, no way. We're totally cool. No offense taken. I'm I'm glad we were able to clear this up. Just so you know. What? He, Eric Swalwell asked this guy for his last name. And this guy's like, dude, if I give you my last name, I could get in a lot of trouble. 
Eric Swalwell says, no, man, it's fine. It's not a big deal. I'm just glad we cleared this up. He then went on to share this guy's information on Twitter. So he lied to him. Yeah. No, I mean, if this were true and this wasn't a staffer of his, which it, there's no way, there's no way this is real. But if this was real, Eric Swalwell's trying to like do a victory lap over, Hey guys, I totally told this guy that everything was going to be fine. Now I'm going to put his shit out on Twitter. Oh, and most likely he's going to, well, we'll get into some of the other stuff and most likely law enforcement's going to get involved. So I lied, which, uh, okay. But like, also, let's just be honest. If you're a if you're a member of Congress, you probably get a lot of shitty emails on Twitter. Yeah. Like all of this stuff like I'm now being threatened. Yeah, like I'm not saying that I agree with it, but everybody gets threats on social media. Social media sucks and that's part of it. Right. Like it it's not a uh, it, it's 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 a it's the rule, not the exception. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So that's his whole thing. No big deal. Blah. Glad we could go. like, wow, you blow my mind. Actually. I'm actually sorry for what I've said. You're more personable than I could have imagined. Jeez. Jeez. Mr. Congressman, you should be president of the world because you shared a San Francisco Chronicle article. Yeah. It's so weird. This is supernatural. This is absolutely true in every way. Okay, response from from Swalwell. I just figured since you know who I am and we will get together soon that you'd tell me who you are. All right, you're right. My name my name is Jeremy Marshall and I'm actually really glad we talked as well cuz I was totally wrong about you from so uh, from talking to you. Am I reading the wrong articles or is the media targeting you as much as possible? Fox News targeting. That's all. Oh, wow. I feel like such an idiot. No worry at all. Do you work in politics? I used to donate, donate my time to the local NDP party when they would run, when, when they would run then liberals a few years back. I couldn't be in politics though with what I with what I guys go through and the bashing Oh, with what you guys go through and the bashing, even having to just deal with idiots like me, I guess. Ha ha. Eric. Yeah. Eric Swalwell. I hear you. I hear you. It's right out there. What, what do you do for work? I used to work as a lawyer before politics. I work as a contractor and I'd say being a lawyer was probably easier for you than politics. Less BS. Way easier, LOL. Really got dragged down the rabbit hole with your new with your new case in a bad way because you come across really easy going going and friendly. What made you think I should be shot? Ugh, you shouldn't be, obviously. I'm an idiot and got carried away on social media, saw red because of the articles I was reading regarding you. But by the way. These are super old articles. This is a super old story. Yeah, weird. Oh, and and, and uh, to um, let you guys know, he is, Eric Swalwell is asking where he works so he can get his employer so he'll get fired. Just so we're, yeah. 
if this was real, which it's not, but yeah. totally uncalled for and inappropriate. You seem like a really nice guy so far from talking to you. So I owe you an apology for saying, wow, Canada's awesome. You're so lucky to live in Vancouver. Here's a San Francisco Chronicle article. My God, my whole worldview has changed. This is totally natural. <laughs> anyway. Bizarre. Uh, and you seem like a really nice guy from talking to you. I owe you an apology. Uh, like, I, it was wrong to write it. Click send and gone. But now talking to you, I feel like such an idiot. What kind of contracting work do you do? Renovations or new builds? I really hate how nice you are. You make it hard to not like you, LOL. Ew, this is gross. <laughs> oh, that's great. Like carpentry or HVAC. That's hard work. More project coordinators. So admin side of it. Being on the tools nowadays would be like young men's work now. Oh, for sure. But we're locked down pretty <sighs> hard these days. So a little slow. It's pretty surreal for us to be caught up in the spy thriller style situation. Or it must be. It must be pretty surreal to be caught up in a in a spy thriller type situation even as a politician must be hard to fathom being targeted by a foreign government this is a hundred percent how eric swalwell is trying to sell himself and whoever this is that he's paid or his staffer it's like i was targeted by the chinese i'm so important the chinese targeted me this is not i hate that we have these people in power and he's not being laughed out of the Senate. House. Well, he, he's a member of the House. Whatever. But, but... Whatever. Doesn't matter. This guy should have no career in politics after pulling ridiculous stunts like this. It is insulting that this guy is allowed to continue being in, even involved in the government at all. <laughs> it still goes, though. I'll tell my relatives in Vancouver to look you up or to look up your business as they... Uh, as they look, as they're looking to renovate their home, this is him trying to get this guy's um, information. Yeah, at, at at best, mm -hmm. at best, this is a senator trying to dox in a citizen so he can turn his turn him over to the FBI. Why would you brag about this? They live in Kits in Kitsilano. No, no, man. I, I'm an idiot. I said some inappropriate things to you, which I'm sorry because uh, you seem nice. The more you talk, the more you come across as a real stand-up guy. Thanks for being cool. Actually wish our politics were more like you. Our politicians were more like you. Going to have to read. Going to have to read some more articles, not from the right regarding you, I guess. No problem. Oh, I'll send the relatives your way. Is it just called Jeremy Mar Marshall contracting? Yeah, or on here, I'm so embarrassed. I'd never be able to look at your family in the face. I'd offer you a, a peace joint since we're both from the West Coast and all. But for now... He's so cool. Wow. But for now, I'm sorry. Uh, my sorry is all I can offer. My wife says I'm an idiot. You're a busy guy. I'm sorry you don't deserve people berating you for things they read in the media. Uh, you talking to to me changed everything because you're too nice. What news sites do you follow that made you so angry with me? What politicians do you listen to? Ugh. And here, here's the final part. Honestly, one was Joe Rogan, probably the most influential. 
you should be on his podcast. It would be a great debate and for his listeners to hear your side. Hold on, I'll have to check the other other articles. Tucker Carlson slammed you too much and lost me when he started saying you had multiple STDs. So at least at so at least he went overboard. He can't be believed anymore. All right, so that's the exchange. That's insane. So the fake hoax here is Eric Swalwell claims his girlfriend is in Canada, so you can't meet her. No, I'm sorry. Um, Eric Swalwell claims that he was threatened by a guy that lives in Canada, which is super convenient because U.S. law enforcement has no jurisdiction in Canada. So this guy can't be questioned by Secret Service, let's say, uh, to be proven to be real. Yeah. I mean, this is very much the like, no, I totally have a girlfriend. She just lives in Canada, so you can't meet her. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm baffled that who thought this was a good idea. But on top of that, so we're in agreement that this sounds completely fake. Yeah, but absolutely. In doing this, this, this hoax he thought that he would be the hero of this made-up story if he was like oh no man it's totally yeah you're you're just confused because you get all of this disinformation from the right wing oh by the way give me all of your information so i can dox you i'm going to tell you everything's fine but i want to know your name and where you work and i'm going to post it on twitter so your life is destroyed. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. Okay. Let, let's, let's just say if this were real, somebody said something dumb to you on Twitter and you're a United States congressman. You're a member of the house of representatives, even though Alan keeps trying to make you a Senator. Um, They're all the same, <laughs> but it's like, you're a U.S. congressman. And some rando guy on Twitter says a mean thing to you and you go, I'm going to destroy you. Yeah. You're not the good guy in this. No. Let's be honest. Like, oh, okay. So you can't, you can't criticize. Let's be honest here because it's not just threaten. Eric Swalwell Mm -hmm. wouldn't just stop at threatening. It's going because remember saying like like what we saw around Christmas saying, let's go Brandon. According to, you know, members of the media is insurrection. So it's not just it's not just threatening somebody. So if somebody's just mean to Eric Swalwell. He will dox you if he wants. He's letting everybody know that if he wants to, he can destroy your life. Just so you know. Yeah. Now, understand this. This sort of thing should be a scandal. But we see this so often from people on the left that it. this is one of those times. And again, we always want to say if this was someone on the right, you know, if only if this is if the situation reversed. But truly, if the situation were reversed, Eric Swalwell would be basically kicked out of politics. It would be a scandal. And that is, it is hard to know what to do with that. Now, because what's the, 
what do we do? How do we stop people like Eric Swalwell from pursuing things like this? This is this is just the same as the FBI conducting a false flag attack on the U.S. Capitol for political gain of a political party. Or targeting parents who go to school board meetings. Exactly. Now, that's the that this is the notable. Obviously, this seems very hoaxy and looks entirely made up, but there has to be a reason for it because the the purpose of it isn't just I'm going to pretend to be a victim. Oh, and I can also try to exonerate myself from all these accusations of sleeping with a Chinese spy. Um, It's also he happens to name two people, and that's Tucker Carlson and Joe Rogan. Now, I've mentioned this before. I can't remember if I've done it on the show. I thought I, I had, but I definitely did on social media that, like, for the last few months, because Joe Rogan had the audacity of not dying from coronavirus, um, right. he has become the newest enemy of the left. They have to completely destroy him. So... It just so it's just so convenient that Tucker Carlson, one of the most hated people by Democrats and Joe Rogan, the newest hated person by Democrats, just happens to be who radicalized this totally real guy. Well, yeah, the reason why that's notable, Eric Swalwell is on three committees, right? So he's he's a member of the House of Representatives and he is on three committees, the House Judiciary Committee the House Intelligence Committee, and the Homeland Security Committee. Yeah. Now, I want to note that because that means Eric Swalwell on the Judiciary, Intelligence, and Homeland Security Committees is naming people, claiming that they are radicalizing, I guess, Canadians, but they're radicalizing people to threaten Congress members. This is 100% making the case heading into the midterms to go after people like Joe Rogan and Tucker Carlson using the intelligence community, using Homeland Security, using national security as an excuse to target your political opponents and target the media. Yeah. I just want to note that a guy who is on the intelligence judiciary and Homeland security committee is targeting is naming two specific members of the media. And because of his actions, when it came to Russiagate, because of him basically going along with the uh, FBI targeting a U.S. citizen for political reasons off a bunk dossier, all of this, Eric Swalwell is making the excuse for targeting members of the media who pose the largest threat to his political party. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's again, it's, it is, this should be a scandal like all the sorts of things Democrats do. It should be a scandal in a, in a real country. This would be a huge scandal. Yeah. Well, and, and as chick mouse is bringing up in our chat, he did also bring up nuking Americans before. Yeah. Yeah, because that that was the whole thing of like, oh, you all think that your guns are going to help. Well, we have nukes. Like, dude, did you just threaten to nuke Americans? Yeah. But just like people are are wildly. Okay, but this is also a good example 
of why they're so paranoid about things like 2024 and losing the midterm elections. There was a lot of election fraud in 2020, but I don't think they'll, they, I think they know they can't pull off the same amount of election fraud at local levels everywhere again and always. They look at how they operate and think these people must be so paranoid if the right ever gains ascendancy because they inevitably will look at the right and say they obviously are going to do what we did to them. We, ha- we, we can't allow them to have political power. If you, it's kind of if you weren't doing so many things wrong, you wouldn't have to worry that, about losing political power. You say, well, we'll just keep it and um, it, it'll be fine. And we'll win on our own merits. But if you're doing things that you know are wrong, that people will rightfully castigate you for, you're going to be this paranoid you're going to be pulling off these false flags. You're going to be pulling off things like this Swalwell bizarre fake tweet thing because you're terrified that the people are going to gain power and then rightfully destroy you politically. Yeah. I, I mean, <clears throat> like, I don't think it's going to work. Let me start there. Um, But I would like to see the GOP... And people get ahead of it before it even becomes an issue. But I think it's well, I I know one of your New Year's resolutions, Alan, was to be more optimistic. Yeah. And it's a little difficult, right? Because we do political commentary. So, like, how do you remain optimistic while talking about politics? And and some of that is I think that, like, taking a reasonable man's approach um, and, and not not letting social media be our entire evaluation of um, real life. I can tell you this. I've, I've engaged with a, a good amount of people on the left um, outside of social media. I actually, and I thought about this because I was trying to think about how to address some of this stuff and be more optimistic. And um, I actually don't know a single person in real life that has brought up January 6th. Has right, that been yeah. your experience? Because because That's in my like, experience as well. Yeah, you're in Seattle. Like you're gonna you hear about all of the lefty stuff. Right, and I think a lot of it is if people bring up January sixth, maybe they are not bringing it up to me. But it's to a lot of people, it looks at very at like, well, this is just what happened everywhere else in the country. This is just an extension of the giant riots I watched all across the United States in 2020. I can't be that upset about this. Like I can, I can say it's regrettable, but it certainly is not the next Holocaust. Mm-hmm. So, well, and I think honestly, like it's, it was such a weird play because the left was all about being able to violently lash out against quote power. That was the whole black lives matter thing. All the riots that you saw was them lashing out against governmental power. Because that's what was abusing people, right? Right. And all of a sudden, they watched the Democrat Party go, oh, well, uh, uh, actually, um, no, you can't do that. It's an insurrection. I bet that there's a lot of liberals that are like, no, come on now. I I can't get behind this because if you start supporting the cops now that Joe Biden's in office, you would arrest me, you know, and. I don't know if it's gone that far, 
maybe that's too optimistic, but the reality. Yeah. Of I, it, well, I think at the very most, I think a lot, there are probably a lot of Democrat voting Americans that looked and said, ah, I don't like this, but I can't be that upset about it. Yeah. Like, well, and additionally, it, it didn't mm -hmm. achieve anything. They can look at it and say, well, a bunch of people wandered around waving flags and broke some windows. I, the, I watched the Chaz downtown in Seattle. The, there were burned out cop cars and burned out businesses there. So, okay, I don't like that these people did it, but meh. I think that's where a lot of Democrat voting Americans see it. They say, well, I don't like this. And maybe if pushed in a conversation, they would gnash their teeth and talk about how bad it is. But I think at their very core, they they can't feel as much emotion about it as the media wants them to feel because it just doesn't resonate. It doesn't resonate after being asked to support all of the riots of 2020. Mm -hmm. They were asked to support that and they did support that. And they just I'm, I feel like it falls flat for a lot of individual people to then demonize January 6th as much as they're now being asked to demonize it. Right. And, and so the, the point is, is that I don't think anyone's buying into it. I don't, I like, I just, it's the only people that care about January 6th are the media and Democrat politicians. Literally not a single American gives a damn about January 6th. They might fake it on social media just because it's more about winning. You know, like they're going to just use that to win against, um, their their political enemies right but they don't actually care like they, they they know that it's a hot take and it's a stupid take basically let, let me phrase it this way in person face to face there aren't really that many liberals that would be like january 6 was an insurrection because they know that your next response is going to be like what about blm and they're yeah. going to go well that was different and like but that's, how was how is that not like can you Explain to me how that was different because ultimately it's going to turn into, okay, so it's okay to violently protest the government or whatever. It's okay to do that as, but you just disagree with January 6th because everyone knows that that would have to be the inevitable thing. You can't, you can't call one thing an insurrection and the other one be like, oh no, it was peaceful protesting. It's like, no insurrection is literally just quote, taking up arms against the government. Yeah. Doesn't matter. The point is like they know that there's a cognitive dissonance and the ultimate end result and the reason why they wouldn't say it face to face is because we go just because you don't you say this because you don't like um the people you don't you don't like the people that were protesting. Right. And okay, that's a dumb argument and nobody wants to have that in real life. They will have it on social media all the time. Um because they can just ignore it, right? So right. point, the point is, I think that the Democrats are exhausting January 6th. I think they're showing their ass. I think that's a really big part of it is a lot of people are seeing the whole January 6th thing. And they're like, okay, look, guys, everybody knows that this is all just for political purposes. Everybody knows that you're lying about this. Everybody knows that you're, you're making this such a big deal that it's absolutely reveal like that. The the reaction you're having to this is so disproportionate to what actually happened. Everybody knows that this is bullshit. Exactly. But the consultants or somebody is telling them it's not. And so I think that they're going to fall on their face because people like, for example, actually, 
just a quick example. All the things that happened with um, the school board protests are a very big reason why Glenn Youngkin won in Virginia. It wasn't because Glenn Youngkin was so amazing and such a great and crafty politician. No offense against him. But it was the Democrats acted so disproportionate to things that were a legitimate concern and targeted people using law enforcement and the federal bureaucracy that people were like, okay, I may not like Glenn Youngkin's politics, but I definitely like him a lot more than the people who sicked the FBI on me for protesting my school's bad decisions. Right. And I think that that's going to 100% be the Democrats' deal. We're going to see them try to target people. It, By the way, like Tucker Carlson has already claimed that the National Security Agency was monitoring his email. Right. Now Joe Rogan's being targeted by a guy that's on a committee that could absolutely be like, hey— I mean, we can't target him because he's a U.S. citizen, but who says Germany can't and they just are not Germany? Who says that the United Kingdom can't and just send us uh, their intercepts? Yeah, and they're a Five Eyes partner, so they can send us top secret intercepts. Yep. It does not bode well that these same people hold all of the cards to the Internet, to the War on Terror toolbox. Yeah. We've, we've t- talked about it for a while. The Democrats want to make white supremacy a add that to the list of global anti-terror threats, which now means if you are accused of white supremacy, they can use all the powers of the Patriot Act and the global war on terror and the international intelligence community against you to violate your civil liberties, and that will be legal. That's the part that is very concerning. I you we all see how they misapply white supremacy to anything that simply threatens their power. Mm-hmm. And if white supremacy gets added to the list that they we know they want to do, it would make it legal for the United States government to violate all of your civil rights because you oppose the will of the Democrat Party. Mm-hmm. And these people want to do that. And that is what makes them so dangerous. Right, exactly. And, and it's absolutely going to happen. And this is this is exactly why Eric Swalwell had this entire exchange. Yeah, it's He's, to manufacture a reason to do... It's, a, it's to manufacture a reason that the civil liberties of the United States citizens need to be subverted in order to, that these people will have unchallengeable political power. Right. Now, unfortunately, because we are, uh, we're, we're coming up on the last five minutes of the show... Um, I was I was unable to really dive into some of the stuff that we were uh, going to go into, but um, Marjorie Taylor Greene just got banned from Twitter for quote sharing COVID disinformation, and as far as anyone can tell, the disinformation that she shared were the VARS results from the CDC, which VARS or VARS, however you pronounce it is the, like, vaccine uh, adverse reactions. Right. And Twitter banned her. Similarly, YouTube banned the most recent Joe Rogan interview with Dr. Robert Malone, the guy who holds nine patents in the technology that created the mRNA vaccine. Yeah. So there is a 
concerted push by social media um, and big tech to start censoring people more than likely because like what we were saying, the left is about to try to do a 180 on COVID. They want to completely rewrite history. And so any voice that they think might defy them, they are going to silence so they can change history and pretend like they weren't the ones that were pushing everything. They're going to try to pretend like, well, we were just doing our best. We never put us put a foot down. We never said, you know, like we, we were just sharing the information we got and we were all in this together, guys. Come on. Science changes. We learned more. And they're going to try to cover up the fact that they were attacking and assaulting Americans every day for the last two years who questioned their narratives, which turned out to all be false. And we knew that they were false. They need to get rid of that narrative, which means that you can't. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. We all want to just move past all the BS. We want to get back to our normal lives. What you can't do is let go of the fact that there are people that absolutely have a responsibility to explain why they fundamentally changed the lives of every single American citizen for two years when we all knew it was a lie. Mm -hmm. Regular people were calling this out, and that's the other thing. The one thing that we know from the way that they react on January 6th, the way that they're reacting over coronavirus, the way that they're reacting over everything, when they use words like disinformation, misinformation, the reality is the biggest threat to the elites in this country are regular Americans talking to one another and defying the narrative of the elites. Yeah. That's what they mean when they say it. They want to rewrite history because let's be honest, if you went to your neighbor right now, you're gonna be like, Hey, remember when they locked us all down and told us that we had to wear masks? The CDC is now saying that's bullshit. And your neighbor's going to go, I fucking knew it, man. Everybody was screaming that stuff on Facebook for two years. Yeah. Fun times. They have to kill that. Because, which, I mean, they could just say like, yeah, we were wrong. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Honestly, it could be that easy. Like, we're so excited to just get away from all of the BS that if they were like, yep, our bad, everyone would probably let it go in a week, but they're not going to, they're incapable of doing that. They're going to have to double down and be like, no, we never lied to you. Nope. We never did that. Never happened. And it's just going to, it's going to infuriate everybody, but it is a good thing because let's be honest. Most people would probably be like, okay, apology accepted. Can I just go back to work now? Yeah. They're not going to do that because they're too arrogant to do that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> All right. Well, we got two more minutes. Alan, do you have any other projections on that kind of stuff or anything else that we may have missed? You know, it's kind of a wait and see game at this this moment. I think there's a lot of there's I feel good about 2022. I think things are feel good about it. And I can't really explain why, but I do. I think, um, well, I'm not going to explain your opinion for you, but I think a good part of it is one thing that we know from, especially the stuff that we saw with regards to Omicron is for some 
dumbass reason, the left actually still thinks that mainstream media is the best vessel to use for information. Mm-hmm. And that's simply not true. <laughs> like, they're still making that mistake. Um, because they're going to CNN, they're going to MSNBC, and nobody's watching that stuff anymore. But I think that that's going to be the big change, is they don't realize the power of social media, alternative media, people like you out there sharing stuff uh, from different sources, and getting information out to people. Everybody's going to remember that a lot more than they remember what CNN said last week. So I think they're going to lose this battle, and they're going to show their ass that they're trying to pretend like they didn't literally try to force everybody into lockdowns based on falsehoods that we all knew the entire time. So big yeah. wins ahead. I think 2022 is going to be awesome, but that's going to have to be it for us. I'm Aaron from the East coast. I'm out from the West coast. And this is wrong. Think radio. We'll see you all next week at noon. Eastern.